0: Hello, wild one. Welcome to the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Taraya, and I'm honored to have you on this journey with me. My intention with this show is to create a sacred space for conversations around all the things I wish I were taught growing up. I'm here to remind you that all of you is sacred. Every emotion, every experience, and every energy that runs through your body and heart is holy. Shamanic Tantra is a path I walk in, it's a path of liberation, freedom that's found deep within the body and deep inside the breath. It's a path of reclamation, of integrating every shade of who you are, the wild, the wonderful, the primal, and the pure. All is welcome here. It's a path of truth, of devotion to the pulsing, quivering truth of this very moment. May we love each other, may we honor each other, and may we celebrate each other as we walk each other home. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. This is your host, Holly Turaya. And in today's episode, I'm joined by my friend Jim Donovan, who is a couples counselor who helps couples navigate transforming triggers into turn-on. And he does this by creating spaces for couples to really go into the spaces of trigger and find out what's really there, the unconscious energetic patterns, and move through them with kink, with play, and with erotic sensuality so this episode is so juicy we go into really diving deep into how triggers can actually help us transform ourselves and our partners when we go into them with curiosity and a sense of play and when we do that how we can actually liberate erotic energy and turn on for our sense of aliveness so i'm so excited to share this episode with you let's begin yeah Mm, so i'm so excited to dive into this topic with you today and you know, like I had said to you before, this was a sort of a talk- topic that I'd had sort of on cue on my list of yeah. podcast um, things. Was was that space around trigger and trauma and 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 turn on and how there's so much opportunity within yeah. that space if we if we pause and choose a different pathway. So,
1: uh-huh.
0: yeah, I would love for you to um, tell us a little bit about who you are, Jim, and what you're up to. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So I'm Jim Donovan and I run a business called Beyond Therapy. And um, what I do is I help couples transform their triggers into turn on. So all the places where we feel like, oh, I'm really frustrated with my partner right now. This is a thing that keeps coming up. So there's a trigger that comes up. There's a frustration that comes up and it comes up in one place and it comes up in another place and then it comes up in another spot and we call all of that our dynamic. Oh yeah, we've got a dynamic going on. And so that dynamic over time can start to decrease the turn on. And so what I help couples do is essentially find those spots in the dynamic and work them in a conscious way. In a kink container. So I can talk more about how that all works. But essentially it's a container that you step into and it's an agreement to basically play with each other, where you say, okay, these things that have been going on with our cell, you know, in our dynamic and with each other, it's really driving me crazy. And the why I call it beyond therapy is that we tend to we go into therapy or we try and process it with each other. But a lot of that tends to be kind of a, a separating apart because we're looking at someone else's trigger and, or we're looking at someone else's stuff that they're dealing with. And we're saying, okay, this is your trigger or you know, your stuff is frustrating me. And so I'm gonna, I know it's not you. I know this is just a trigger that's getting, ignited in me. And so I'm going to, in some ways, kind of agree to hold it on my own. But in my experience, there's sort of a leaning out with that process. Um, You know, there's, there's some leaning in, but there's also an agreement to hold yourself in that. And that's a good thing. Therapy is is really beautiful. But what we've, what I've found, and and what I've found working with couples is that often that energy doesn't move. You know, we we start to get into these stuck places, and then we just say, "Oh, okay, I know this is how you are. I've got to just accept you for who you are."
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm going to do my own work on myself to really hold myself in a better way. And I'm not going to get frustrated, but I am starting to get a little frustrated here. Um, and you want it to change, but it's not changing. And so I think we often fall into this, um, conundrum where we want things to change and it's not changing, but we have to kind of let it go and and just accept it in someone else. And this is a totally different methodology to actually find the shadow aspect, bring it into a container and work it out. And, and instead of work, actually we call it play. So we yes. play it out. So much it. more fun. So much more fun, <laughs> right?
0: We've all got enough work on our plates, right? We need a little more play.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and what I found in that is that the energy, it really moves. So um, I don't know if that resonates for you, but there's totally that, resonates. that totally stuck resonates. energy when you're trying to work something out and process yeah. something and you're like, okay, I think we're good. I think we're fine, but it's not really the energy hasn't moved. Right. And so with this method the energy we find it actually moves because you're finding at the core um, I I would say some of the underpinnings of this for your audience could be um, existential kink
2: Totally. you know
1: know, because it's it's looking for that place where what you have in your life is actually something you want even Mm -hmm. the things that you're kind of like oh that thing it's driving me crazy yeah. but where is that place inside you where you actually love it
0: you secretly love it yeah the, <laughs> the kinky part of you loves the suffering <laughs>
1: exactly it's easy exactly. To, it's easy
0: if you're in a bdsm dynamic let's say or you're playing with physical kink it's easy to say like oh yes i'm deriving pleasure from this physical pain it's easy to to spot that but when it's yeah. in your subconscious and it's creating emotional pain and emotional suffering it's a lot harder mm. to pinpoint exactly what part of it you're enjoying
1: that's a great point
0: yeah and point. um so before we go into the the methodology of of how to actually do this how to create this conscious play space yeah i'd love for you to share more about why doesn't the other way really seem to work? Like if we're sitting there in the trigger and we're coming into loving acceptance and we're holding space, why does the energy in the trigger stay stuck there?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to share that with you. So what I, I call this the couple's conundrum.
0: Yeah.
1: And I find that, you know, we try and do a few things with our partner. There are some magical times when you say, you know, I've got something really, deep that I want to share with you, and you share it with your partner, and they just say, aha, oh my gosh, you're totally right. And you have that satisfaction, and they feel that mirror towards them, and they're very open about it. And there are those times where that method really works. But often what I find happens is that we get stuck in the couple's conundrum. And one thing that we try and do in that conundrum is We try and convince our partner, you know, we try and say, hey, I see this thing for you. And they say, Mm -hmm. "Ah, no, I don't know. That doesn't really resonate for me or I'm not seeing it that way. Let me share with you how I see it. And so we kind of go back and forth trying to convince each other of the frame that we're seeing for each other or for the relationship and how it could get better how we could work through our triggers and, mm. and our frustrations with each other so that's that's sort of one thing that we try and do with each other as we try and convince. Mm. Um, another thing that we do is we often tend to compromise, you know, we're like, Okay, you're seeing this thing you don't like this thing about me. I'll try and be better about it. I'll I'll try and do better. You know, I'm thinking about a couple that I worked with recently and and this is a small kind of trivial frustration, but the guy, he's always leaving his underwear on the floor, you know. <laughs> and then and then his wife is like, "I always have to pick up after you. You're like a child." Ah. You know, and he's like, "Okay, fine. I'll try and do better, but you know, it's just not the way he is and mm he's always kind of vacillating back and forth between I'm doing so much here. You know, he's got his own stuff of like, I'm, I'm, you know, making so much money and bringing all this stuff. Like, what's the big deal? I leave my underwear on the floor, you know? And so you're trying to compromise and that's what we always hear in traditional relationship kind of um, conversations is, Oh yeah, of course you got to compromise and and that is true to a certain extent, but often I find that there's there's a decrease in energy. There's a decrease mm-hmm. in turn on. You're like, okay, fine, you're doing the thing. And they're like, okay, I'll try and be better. Um, And there's just a, a kind of a decrease in energy. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I see in this is people completely sweep it underneath the rug. You know, I was talking to a couple recently. They're, um, you know, we were working with them. They're married for almost twenty years, and they have four kids. He's got a big job. You know, they're just dealing with so much. And something comes up, and it's like. Can you do the thing? Oh, I'm trying. Oh. And then, you know, it's just like, oh, we got so much going on, work and kids and everything. Let's just sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. So then you sweep it under the rug, you sweep it under the rug, you keep doing that, builds up over years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so this is this is the conundrum, the right? Couple's conundrum. <laughs> the couple's conundrum. It's
0: quite the conundrum.
1: It really is, you know. Mm. And so what do you do about that? Um, and I, I really I find that the shadow aspect is is the thing that's missing there the place that
2: right. we're talking about before the
1: place where right. you've got that frustration point with your partner and you want it to change and you're not fully conscious of the place where you're excited or getting off on the part of you that wants them to change.
0: Mm. Mm hmm. That's some deep shadow work right there. And that takes so much self-awareness and being held in a container where you actually have someone observing you and and can help you see your blind spots. I'd imagine is really, really powerful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and it's like what you're sharing this couple's conundrum of like convincing and then, you know, putting under the rug and then compromising. It, It sounds like when you're sharing this, it's actually just trying to find ways around the trigger instead of actually going right into it and looking at it from the root itself it's like you're trying to do everything but that by compromising and sweeping under the rug and so from what you're sharing this new way of doing it it's actually like lifting up the rug going into the subconscious into the shadow and taking everything that we've put under the rug actually onto the altar and seeing what's really there
1: that's right that's right and you know i'll add to that it's um taking it one step at a time right as yeah. you yeah. can think <laughs> of this you. as like okay now we're taking everything that we swept under the rug out but it's it's really what i've found so far working with couples is you know taking one connection point you know this this one point that's really frustrating. And it's, it really points to a lot of other connection points that you're struggling with as well, but just taking that one and work in that one piece and what are you playing and what are they playing in that dynamic? And it's, it's like parts work. I, I kind of call it parts work on steroids.
2: Yeah, you know,
1: It's like taking that one part of yourself That's, you know, either frustrated or triggered or trying to dominate or trying to Mm. get what you want by being submissive and playing that out with each other, but it's like one aspect of yourself or one creature, as I like to
0: call it, that's coming
1: up in this dynamic.
0: Yes, one at a time. We don't want to take the whole junk drawer and just pour it all out, right? That would be a little overwhelming for the nervous system, I would imagine. Exactly. And so from what you're sharing is it sort of like, for example, with the underwear all around the house, or for some couples, it's the dishes. It's, yeah. it's never really about that,
2: is it? Exactly.
0: Because like the underwear could be picked up, but then that energy within that trigger would find another way to present itself to get to the bottom of it. So there's always a layer deeper, right? That's right. O- outside of the dishes and, and the underwear around the house.
1: That's absolutely true. Right. Yeah. What's it pointing at? It's pointing at, oh, you don't love me, or you don't respect me, right. or you don't care about me. Right. Um, and there's, and that's the deepest stuff, right? It's it's pointing to these deep wounds, childhood wounds, and things like that. And, and you know, that's a beautiful thing for relationship to mirror back to us, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like, oh, you did this one little thing, and it triggered something so deep inside me. And it, that makes no sense, but in some ways it does, right? If you, if you can trace it all the way back.
0: Totally. Totally. And, and that's where the existential kink comes in, right? Because if I carry a core belief that I'm not enough or that, that you don't love me, then whether it's the dishes or the underwear or being late for something, I will always be looking for a reason to bring loving presence to that wound without even realizing it, Mm. right? Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a beautiful point.
0: Yeah. So that's the couple's conundrum. I think we can Uh all relate to that, right? Yeah. So I'd love for you to open up into the space of, okay, now we know why the energy doesn't move, typically in the couple's conundrum. What's the solution to that of being in a more embodied, playful space together and increasing the turn on? Yeah,
1: yeah. Great. Well, yeah. So it starts with finding the shadow aspect that's emerging for us. And, you know, we think of, if we think of parts work, we have all of these different parts of ourselves. We have parts of ourselves that are in the light and, you know, the loving parts and the spacious parts and the parts that can see the beauty in our partner. And those are incredible parts. And we're often trying to index towards those parts. Like if we're going to therapy, we're kind of like, okay, how do I get back to the love? How do I get back to the the freedom? How do I get back to the openness to my partner? And that's all kind of moving towards the light, which is wonderful, beautiful work but we also have these darker aspects of ourselves the shadow aspects mm-hmm. which you were referring to and those parts can be just as loud and often what we're trying to do is we're trying to kind of tamp down those parts mm-hmm. you know it's almost like putting your hand on the lid of a pot of boiling water right, and right. Like, Okay, yeah. I'm not getting angry. Right. But at some point it's it's gonna boil over because the force is too strong. Right. And so if we can identify those parts and name those parts and hold those parts and welcome those parts in a safe way, that's kind of where the power is mm-hmm. in in relationships, right? That's mm. that's sort of the untapped potential of it. And then, on top of that, if we can identify those parts, bring them into a safe container where we can fully embody those parts, which I thought you shared beautifully about the embodiment factor, you know, Mm -hmm. because instead of being in the mind and this is what's going on for me and my triggers and my frustrations with you, if we can embody that and be that part of ourselves for a time and have them play out the part of themselves that is stuck in this (laughs) dynamic with your partner, then that's where the energy starts to kind of percolate Mm. and eventually starts to move. And what we're looking for in that process is the excitement and the turn on and the place inside you. That's like, ah, you're frustrating me. Or, you know, or maybe it's, it's another part, you know, there's, there's one part that I work with called the needy wretch, you know, which is (laughs) part that's like, I just want love. Why can't you just love me? Just everything for me, you know? Mm. So, so those parts are welcome as well, but that's a dark part. That's, that's like a part that we never want to share. We're more in the strategies, that are kind of like, oh, do the thing. You know, we would call that like the dominating controller. You know, I want you to do it exactly this way.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so if you can identify these parts and bring it into a container where, you know, that's why I say it's it's like a kink container mm-hmm. where you've got intentions, you've got boundaries, you've got desires, you've got safe words, so you've got your hand on the dial at all times to be able to kind of modulate the experience and back up a little bit if you right. need it or completely stop the experience if you need to kind of pause and, and integrate. So um, yeah, that's that's sort of where we go with it. And the the outcome is really what we're looking for is you finding that part inside yourself where you're totally turned on
2: Mm. you know the thing
1: that you're trying to tamp down is the thing that you bring out and you're like oh yeah
2: i love
0: it it." (laughs) (laughs) i love it yeah it's like you know i think of like the heinous bitch you know that's one of the architects within women right or like Uh the rage you know the rage can be a really oftentimes suppressed one and I find that I love I love all of this by the way like this is so tantric of like taking the shadow and running it through your body and loving it and finding the mm. turn on in it. Yeah. And I can almost hear a question coming through of like okay well if I embody the needy needy person needy or if rash. I yeah. needy rage or if I embody the heinous bitch or the rageful, you know, ice queen or whatever what if it stays? What if Uh I like it so much? And it turns me on so much that this energy actually gets really comfortable in my being. So how would, like, how would you, how would you handle that concern for people wanting to enter this play space?
1: Yeah. Well, I would say that is exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for (laughs) that one to be available and ultimately integrate into ourselves, mm-hmm. because if what I find is that if we can find that place inside of us where we can find that turn on, we can, you know, call it turn on, call it life force, call mm-hmm. it energy, call it excitement. If we can find that, because mostly we're relating to these parts of ourselves as the bad parts, the parts we don't wanna bring out, you know, these are dark parts, these are gonna ruin my relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to, you know, brush them to the side, tamp them down, meditate them away, do whatever mm-hmm. we can to not have them emerge. But if we let them emerge and we find that place inside of us that feels really excited, really turned on about that, then when it comes up again, then we say, oh, there's that part. I, I know that part. I welcome that part. Yes. I honor that part. I am that part. And do I want to use that part right now outside of a container, just in normal Mm. life? Maybe, maybe not, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah. Do I want to
0: let my raging bitch out at the the gas station clerk? (laughs)
2: Maybe not. But
0: at least you have the choice in that moment. You're making a conscious choice to not suppress that energy, but to say to yourself, like, I'm going to allow this energy in in a conscious way later. That's right. Suppressing it. That's right. And I love that you when you said the word turn on that you really expanded the Mm. definition there to to move just beyond sexual turn on, but also into excitement and aliveness. Right. And I think that's a really important piece to remember, because I think when most people hear the word turn on, they think of erotic, sexual, primal turn on Mm -hmm. when indeed it's aliveness. Right. It's that pounding heart. It's that energy moving through your body And so I think the more we can expand our definition of turn on and notice when it's present, we can see that we are turned on more often than we realize.
1: That's so beautifully said. Yeah. And that's the thing that I, that's the, almost the thread that I see moving through your podcast
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and all the episodes I've listened to is just that we have so much energy and so much aliveness coming through us. And how do we welcome that energy and move it in a good way? And yeah. and that's really the objective of, of this work as well.
0: Yes. It's like yeah. undamming the river, undamming mm-hmm. the river banks, right? Like, being turned on is our natural state, right? Being alive is our natural state. And so I love this. It's like, if we can go in and create space for the anger and space for the neediness and all these pieces in our shadow, then we create more space for that turn on and energy to flow freely through our bodies.
1: Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The embodiment aspect of this is really key because I think of people sitting in therapy or people trying to work stuff out processing, you know, you're either standing there or you're sitting there, you're looking at your partner, you know, you're, you're speaking, you're trying to think about, okay, something's not resonating for me here. What is it? And you're trying to figure it out. And then you're trying to say it in the moment. And then, you know you leave the therapy session and you're like ah i didn't really get my point across
0: right. <laughs> i didn't drop the mic <laughs> yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: yeah the mental um, body is it's it's not we, our shadow and our and our trauma and our triggers live in our primal instincts right. and our animal body right and so yeah. when we can access that so much more of our truth becomes available
1: yeah Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's a few elements to this play. One of them is definitely embodiment. Um, You know, another one is play, like keeping it in the realm of play. And that's what we're really looking for. So even if you're in the, what we would call the violent destroyer energy, (laughs) even if you're in that energy, then you're still looking for what's the play in it, you know? there's like looking for the turn on but you're also looking for the play and sometimes you can overdo it and just be like i'm gonna destroy you but almost have like a a smile on your face like you don't have to you know you can let the energy fully come through but your orientation is okay i'm in play i'm in play with my partner i'm i'm letting this energy come through and and we're playing you know, and, and my partner is fully in consent. I know that they have their safe words. I know yeah. that we've set our intentions here. They've got their hand on the dial. They can have it back off at any point if it's too much. Um, and so that allows me to just fully go into whatever part or whatever creature mm. I'm, I'm looking to embody and just always keeping it in play.
0: Yes, the creatures. I love it. I remember you had (laughs) used the word darketypes Uh too, and I love Uh that word. And and really like what I'm hearing you say with this play piece, it's like the play becomes a resource to sort of titrate the experience to the things that might feel uncomfortable or painful, but then to titrate the nervous system back into a space of play. And remember like we get to have fun. We get to actually have an enjoyable experience here and to welcome it in. So I love that. And I'm curious, what are some ways that you would bring play into this container? What are some sort of creative ways to bring that energy of play in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of them is just the orientation. So I would say this work is the nexus point of kink meets improv, kind of like- kind of like comedy improv um, meets transformation. So just to kind of mention a little bit about the kink side. So on the kink side, often when people get into kink, they're looking for where can I find the most turn on? Where's like the part that, you know, just wants to get unleashed so that I can feel the most turn on. And I would say when you pair it, we're looking really more for transformation
2: you no know, kink for
1: transformation it's it's looking at mm-hmm. what is the shadow aspect that's coming up in me and then using kink and really we could just call it power play
2: mm-hmm.
1: for transformation and allowing those energies to come out and through and then when you couple that with the play aspect it's kind of like um the way that I experience it is it's almost like clicking on to a different channel. You know, I was I was playing with uh someone at one point and they had this experience of, you know, we we debriefed afterwards and they just said, oh my gosh, like that just came through me. How what was that even? Like mm. I I don't, I've never really accessed that part before. It was almost like I clicked on to a different channel. And then she said, wow. Her realization in the moment was, I guess I'm on this channel of my personality. Mm. And, but I just as easily clicked over to this other channel and just channeled that through. And so, what is my personality? Is mm. my personality <laughs> even real? Like, totally. maybe I'm just channeling this personality most of the time (laughs) and and so it starts to really kind of expand your awareness of possibilities of who you are Mm. and realizing Mm. that you're you might be stuck on one channel and so you know in this play you know she's playing an aspect of herself Um, that's that's sort of the invitation is to click on to a different channel right and be a different part of yourself and be that part fully. And maybe that part, you know, there's a there's a dark type that's the covert manipulator. Mm, right. I and love so, your
0: face when even when you say it, it's like ah. could you
1: be, yeah, could you be the covert manipulator? <laughs> yeah come on Holly don't you just <laughs> want sure. to that thing <laughs>
2: <laughs> for
0: sure it's, so it's uh, fun it's fun know? and it's like uh you know this is one of the core teachings of tantra is really that's it is to widen our range mm. of human experience and spiritual expression is you know it's going from like playing with this many keys on a piano to like a grand piano Mm. right where you have full mm. range of emotion and experience and we can actually then weave more of ourselves into our relationships into our sexuality into our creativity because we have more keys mm. on our keyboard to play with so I love this of like tuning into different parts of ourselves and it can be a fuck, right Because you're like whoa who am I where did that part come from
1: uh-huh uh-huh yeah that's so beautifully said mm. I think that's a that's a great metaphor the grand piano yeah yeah so
0: I'd love for you to just like walk us through like what this would look like. So I'd love for you to pick one of the, and I'd, I'd love to know what some other of the dark archetypes are, Um, but picking one of the common um, pieces of the subconscious that, that that's really beneficial to run through this process and sort of walk us through what this process would actually look like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me share a story um, to illustrate. So uh, I was working with one couple, and they had a dynamic come up where he <laughs> was um, he was, in her estimation, being somewhat flirtatious, you know, with women. And she was having this darker part come up where she was getting frustrated with him. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to her about it, it sounded like the arrogant disdainer, you know, just like, oh God, you're being that way. Why are you doing that? Um, You know, and, and to him, it was just like, oh, this is me. I'm just being playful and engaging with life and engaging with the feminine. And, but there was, there was some aspect of him that was um, what being what we would call the lying hider. So, you know, maybe he wouldn't tell her everything and he would hold some things back. And so we I worked with them individually to sort of suss this out a little bit and then we went into a play container and we did some warm-up exercises, um played some games at first and then we went into this core dynamic. And so he said he was in consent with being the lying hider and was being that and then she really got to get into her arrogant disdainer like oh god why are you being this way like that's so gross Mm -hmm. and she was able to fully embody that and then there's a dynamic that switched she like really let it come through and she got into her violent destroyer which is basically the energy of I care so much about you that I can't stand to see you this way, so I'm just gonna mm. tear you completely down. Mm. And so she let that rip, and and then he was able to almost switch into what we would call the resentful self-pityer, you know, just <laughs> I like, love his names. ugh, you know, ugh,
2: <laughs> I'm gonna kind of <laughs> skulk
1: away and like, I don't love you, I don't care about you, like, get away from me. Um, And so they were able to play that out in the play container and the energy really moved and they could feel the turn on and Mm. she was she was crying there was there were tears coming through, and he really softened and um, it was playing with power too, you know she was sort of the Dom in that scenario.
0: Um, mm-hmm. or she's
1: trying to train him. Like, I'm going to train you to be mm-hmm. the way that I want you to be because the, um, that energy is so important, right? Because that's often what's playing out in subtle or not so subtle ways within couples. There's, there's a way in which one of you wants to kind of teach or train
2: mm-hmm. the other
1: one that's, you know, being submissive of in like, okay. Yeah. Being school. Okay. I'll let you, but I'm going to brat out a little bit and I'm not going to let you sometimes, you know, and, and then the Dom's got to kind of like come in and figure out a way to attune and get them to do the thing. So it's, it's sort of uh, making these energies more obvious, bringing them out. And so what we found is the energy just really moved through their system. And then, In subsequent days, um, they got into it again. And it was so great because we found that they could just go into a play, even if it was just a little mini play, where he would come in and say, Hi, I hear you're the arrogant disdainer. (laughs) I'm the resentful self pityer, you know. And they're in a thing already. Yeah, exactly. And it just pops. It just, the whole uh-huh. bubble of their frustration with each other just pops, yes. you know, because they were already in touch with those energies yes. that, had, that had come up and that was just their dynamic before. And now it was like, okay, that's our dynamic, huh? Yeah. Now we have choice. Is this what we want to do? And yes. how can we bring play into the dynamic to just pop that bubble mm-hmm. when it comes up?
0: Mm-hmm. I love that so much because it's like, once you name it, you become empowered, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, like you said, we have a choice. Do we want to let this part of us online and play with it? Or do we want to choose to step into a different role? Mm -hmm. And that's super sexy as well, because it's like, instead of, you know, you can actually say to your partner, oh, this part of you is coming out. Let me, let me actually meet you in that Mm -hmm. space because I know the energy that's needed and the polarity that's available in that space, I'd imagine is huge as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The polarity is, is really big. And I would say that's one huge aspect that we play with. Um, because that's the thing that often when I meet couples, there's, there's something going on with the polarity often and the energy of, okay, stuff keeps coming up for us, we're trying to process it, maybe we've been to couples therapy, we're kind of hitting that couples conundrum, Mm -hmm. we've got this dynamic in place, we don't really know what else to do about it. And often, there's power dynamics that are at play, they're not totally conscious, or they're not totally overt. Um, and those power dynamics are sort of killing the turn on mm. and, and all, everything I just mentioned is sort of decreasing the turn on. So when you can separate out and distinguish what's happening, then you can go into play and the polarity does, it, it kind of switches on mm. more. and especially when you're playing with power more overtly that's when it gets it gets really exciting because you're like oh wow you're really stepping into this dog or oh i'm gonna come in and get you or even you know being the sub it's like oh all right you're taking control now all right we're doing it in an overt way Mm. um it it just it makes it more conscious and it makes it more alive and more fun um Mm. and always continuing to keep the play element in there you know that It just takes all of the frustration you've got, and it it starts to flip it on its head.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, move it, moving it through the body, and then you can bring some of those elements into your sexual life together, right? It's like, whoa, well, what would it be like when we're having sex and making love to actually bring some of those archetypes into the mix, like to actually make love to each other and these archetypes, and to like bring it into that embodied space? I'd, I'd imagine is really fun.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You know, another um, example that I'm thinking of is, and this comes up a lot in the work is I was working with a couple and she's more of a boss lady. Mm-hmm. And when I got in there, you know, I could tell I was like, oh, this is what's going on in your dynamic. You're, you know, the the woman is the, is the dom, mm-hmm. essentially. And she's kind of like, hey, do this thing for me. And he's like, OK, but talking about the polarity that was decreasing their turn on. And so in their dynamic, a lot of it with him was, how can you hold your boundaries? How can you um, flip the dynamic? So, because she didn't want to be always in her boss lady mode. She's a boss lady at work. And, but at home, I think she wanted him to kind of take over and be more, Mm dominant and say, no, honey, this is what we're doing. All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But
0: there's an existential kink inside of her somewhere Uh that is actually not able to trust and surrender fully to being dominated by the masculine. Right. So there's something going on there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, so sometimes you can amplify the dynamic that's already happening. So we did that, we did that a little bit with them which was, you know, just to have her be the full boss lady. And she saw the place where she was holding back with him in her business. She's full on boss lady, but with him, she's kind of like, could you do the thing? And if you don't, I'm kind of frustrated with you. Um, But she got to just fully embody. She's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Do the thing. And he's like, Mm. okay. And then we flipped it and to have him, you know, step into being that Dom. And it was, it was a stretch for him
0: mm, my bad. Know? My
2: because
1: bad. when you're in the Dom role, you have to know what you want. Right. You have to like really be connected to your desire and you need to be connected to your sub, you know, mm. or your follower, the person that you're, you're putting exquisite attention on them. And so you're connected with your desire and you're like, okay, do this. And then you got to, convey it in a way that really lands for them. Mm, and if they might, practice. yeah, and they might brat out, they might say, no, not mm-hmm. going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then what do you do then? Does that throw you off your game? Or you know, are you able to keep that attention on them,
2: mm. or let go of the
1: attention? Be like, fine, you're not going to play my games. Yeah, like, yeah, the distant dom, attention. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: cold and distant dom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So there's so many ways to play with it. Yeah. But but really, it's about kind of getting in the dynamic and and sort of playing with it and making some of the distinctions in there and pulling it apart a little bit and sometimes flipping the roles. So, yeah. yeah.
0: It's, I love it so much. And it's, sorry, I'd imagine when you're creating these conscious play spaces to work through these energetics that you're not going into it when there's a, a live in the moment trigger. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's a good point. Um, so I found the best way to work with couples is that I work with them? We meet together um, on a joint call, and then I have individual sessions. Because it's so funny, Holly. People will not say the actual thing when they're oh, with their I partner. Know. They're like, you know, he's pretty great, but there's this little thing that you know. And then I get into the conversation with her, and she's like, Oh my god, he's just <laughs> let me tell you me. what's really going on. Thing, ah. <laughs> so I get the I get the real scoop. Yeah, the
0: unedited. And
1: And then we go into a play container and we talk about the dynamic. And in that process, there can be, you know, some trigger kind of bubbling and percolating. Um, If you're in full on trigger, then you can't be in full consent. Right. right? And so
0: beautiful, beautiful statement
1: yeah you're kind of out of yourself you're you're not able to hold yourself and that's a critical component to mm. this work or this play is that you're able to hold yourself in the process mm. and say okay i know we're playing with some touchy stuff here i know we're playing with some wounding i know we're playing with our core dynamic with each other you know it's it's definitely it's deep it's rich and I'm in full consent to hold myself through this process. Mm. And if anything gets too intense, I know I've always got my hand on the dial. I'll call my safe words.
2: Mm. You know, I'll
1: say, hey, I need it to back off a little bit. Or, hey, I need play to stop completely. Mm. Or I'm feeling disassociated. We have different safe words for these things. Mm. And it allows everyone in the play container just to kind of know what's going on and do the appropriate action to back off or stop. Um, or just be aware of things. And so that is that's a critical component. So I wouldn't say you have to be completely trigger free. In fact, you know, some of that energy yeah, bubbling yeah, and percolating something. is good. It can help you access that part right, of yourself because you're right. if you're completely out of the trigger, then it's harder to access that creature inside of you right. that just wants what it wants, Right. you know, and, and let that fully come out and through and get turned on by it. Mm. So I would say it's actually helpful in some ways to have some of that percolating, but not over the edge. You right. Know, you so it's like you want
0: to invoke, invoke that energy and maybe poke it and provoke it a little bit just to have it rear its head, but you yeah. don't want it to be full on where you're in fight or flight and you're dissociated and your nervous system isn't grounded and and now you're actually not able to be present
1: to the process. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, I'll add on to that, which a key component to this is you never want to endure. You know, there's so much in our Mm -hmm. psyche and everything um, from growing up, from sexual experiences as teenagers, you know, we're just like, okay, I guess this is the way it's supposed to be. I'll, I'll just endure it. Yeah. And um, that's not at all what we're going for. We're going for pleasure. Right. So, so what, is, what is pleasurable to you? Can you find the pleasure in it? Even if you're in a scene and your partner is, you know, whipping you with a riding crop or something like that. I mean, that's, you know, a more intense scene, but are you finding pleasure in that? Are you finding mm-hmm. pleasure in the pain or, you know, if you're in your needy wretch and you're just like, I just want love. I need you help, you know, like are you, you're looking for the pleasure in that yeah. and you're, you're feeling it come through you. Um, but you're not enduring. If you ever tip over yeah. the edge into, oh, I'm just enduring this. I don't, I don't like this anymore. But I think this is the thing that's supposed to be happening, and mm. I'm doing it for you. No, that's that's something. not consent. That's not consent, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're looking for your full consent, and never trying to endure through any of yeah, that. Yeah, that's always looking for. Thank the pleasure. you for
0: mentioning that because that's such an important piece within all of our healing journeys, I think it can be easy for us to just like get stuck in the mud of, of the shadow and the pain and the purging and think like, we're doing good down, you know, we're doing great work down here, but yes, to stay anchored in presence, to stay anchored in pleasure and to move slowly through those processes.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, always staying in touch. So, with
0: I would love for you to share with us, Jim, some of the you've, you've told us about the covert manipulator, right? And what what are some of the other ones you mentioned? The needy, the needy, what was it?
1: The needy wretch. The yeah. needy
0: wretch. Yeah. What are some of the other archetypes that you have for this? Yeah, consent?
1: absolutely. Yeah. So the lying hider is is a good one. You know, it's that place inside of us where we're kind of just like. Oh what me? No, I'm, mm. I'm I'm not doing that. Like no, I'm I'm just I'm just here with you. I'm completely I'm totally present with you. I'm not doing anything untoward, you know. Mm. Um and that's that's one in all of us that you know there's little ways in which we lie or we hide or we're trying to get what we want in this um kind of manipulative way. So, um, so that's a big one dominating controller. Ooh, that's a, that's a good one that comes through. That's the one in you that just wants what it wants. It wants you to do this thing exactly the way I want you to, mm. um, you know, and if you can let that energy come out and through, because usually it comes out in a sideways, you know, can, right. can you just, do the thing Uh, why why aren't you this way Mm -hmm. you know um another way that can manifest is the covert manipulator which which Mm -hmm. we talked about a little bit you know which is more like oh yeah don't you want to do the this thing for me Mm -hmm. you know i know you want to be this way like come on holly (laughs) yeah
0: it's a little more seductive
1: (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh-huh exactly yeah um there's the entitled possessor you know Mm. which is just like oh yeah okay this is mine yeah oh you yeah you're mine too Uh uh-huh you know it's Mm. it's a it's a dark energy it's like the dark energy inside of us that just is like yeah no i i i own you or i own everything or yeah that's mine (laughs) yeah It's, it's a yeah it's a fun one um arrogant disdainer is a is a good one you know just like the one that's like oh god I'm so everything you're doing is eye like...
0: rolling <laughs> yeah
1: um yeah the uh resentful self-pityer is mm. is you know is a good one the one that just like pulls back and then just throws barbs from the corner
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: um we talked a little bit about the violent destroyer you know that's the one that just wants to destroy because i can't see you being this way anymore so i'm just gonna tear it all down
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah and then the unfeeling disconnector is uh is another one you know where you're just like oh all right no yeah, yeah no i'm not hurt i'm i just i just don't care anymore.
0: right 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 uh, avoidance a little avoidance in there
1: uh-huh and then there's the needy wretch, you know, which is, <laughs> um, it sort of sits at the base. It's just, if you can get in touch with that one, it's just like the needy mm. one inside of all of us that just wants love and just wants you to be a certain way so you can get the love that it wants. Mm.
0: <laughs> Was Is that one, would you say like, is that sort of at the core, if you were to go a couple layers deeper with all of these archetypes, is that one sort of? At the core yeah. of most of them.
1: That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's the yeah.
0: underbelly. It's like the the root of the wound. Yeah. In a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right.
0: And, and then do these archetypes? Do they have sort of a common opposing one that they play out with? Like a, a common dynamic that they pair with?
1: You know, um, they can. They can. Yeah. It. It's interesting how it plays out in different couples. Um, but usually, you know, there's one that's kind of more dommy and one that is, if you can find sort of the, the, the counterpoint, which is more of a sub energy, then they can pair well together. So I told you about the couple that was playing out the arrogant disdainer, you know, that's more of a Overtly dominant energy, lying hider, you know, they're all trying to dom and they're all trying to manipulate in their own ways, right? But you know, she was doming him uh from that space of the arrogant disdainer, and then he's being the lying hider, and he's just like, No, what are you talking about? Like, he's playing the sub well, so you're kind of deciding to go under, like one of you decides to be like, Okay, I'm gonna be a sub. But, you know, you've also got power as a sub too, you know, and in some ways it's interesting because we always think about the dominant energy of like, they're the ones that have all the power. But as we said before, it's hard to be a dom. It's hard because you have to stay connected to what you want and you have to put exquisite attention on the sub. Even if it's what you want, you have to find the way that to get them to do the thing. Let's say you're playing dominating controller. You want them to do the thing, but what is their particular flavor? What's the thing that's going to land for them? What if they're bratting out? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that and reel them back in? It all takes exquisite attention. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way in which the sub has so much power in the whole dynamic. You know, It's, it's about you're you're the dom is looking for like what's what's gonna unlock this whole Mm -hmm. situation you know Mm -hmm. like and just putting that much attention on your partner as the sub I mean it's it's exquisite you know Mm -hmm. often you know it's like I was talking to uh, a couple the other day and they're like you know, she was like, I really want to get this turn on thing going. But we just had a baby. And the best we can do is just get together and like watch TV at night, you know, and, and there's no turn on there. And, you know, they're just in a homeostasis place. But, how exciting would that be if they were able to bring that into a play container and she could get that attention Mm. from her partner, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a more intense experience, but that's what we're looking for in our partnership. You know, it's like, we want the attention. We want the, the love we want the turn on. We want the engagement. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And we'll knock things over and create chaos in order to get it.
1: Right. 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 That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you're too deep into the couple's conundrum, that's exactly what starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Things start to get chaotic and break and, you know, everything starts to get wonky.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I love how much you use the word exquisite mm-hmm. when you're talking about awareness and presence and focus and container holding, like that's a, such a beautiful word to mm-hmm. associate with this process because it is mm-hmm. It's a refined sense of presence.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And that's a tricky thing for people to hone in on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, especially we're talking about the dom here, if they can be deeply in touch with their own desires, which is hard enough, and then deeply in touch with their partner, the sub, you know, and what's going to move them in a way that's pleasurable for the entire system. Mm-hmm. That's a very tricky balance to hold. Mm-hmm. And so if you can hold that polarity inside yourself in a play container, then just imagine the implications of what that means. Oh yeah. In your dynamic outside in the world and and mm-hmm. you know moving through your lives.
0: Totally. I mean, your ability to hold presence with your children right? Your ability to hold presence with clients or with team members. And this is why one's own personal embodiment practices, meditation practices, emotional clearing practices are so important so that you, that you do have that clarity to be able to bring those to these spaces.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, Sounds
0: so fun. And so the work that you offer with clients, is this in person? Is this virtual?
1: Yeah, so I can do it virtually Um, in person is great as well. I'm in California. And so um, it's, you know, always, always fun to do in person and totally available to do virtually as well. So we can set up virtual play spaces where I can be there over Zoom. Um, And some of it is kind of more of a coaching style. Like I said, you know, I'll meet with them. I'll meet with them individually as well. And then going into a a play space. And if I can train couples up to do it enough and get the skills, then they can also go off on their own Mm -hmm. and have these, these play experiences, but it's good for me to kind of get in there and give them the skills. There's, there's a lot to convey Mm -hmm. to do this in a good way. And, you know, It's setting up the container is one of the biggest things. How do you set up the container in a way where it's really solid and that you know that everything is safe and you've got your hand on the dial at all times and you've got your safe words, you've got your intentions, you've got your boundaries, you've got your desires. How do you set that all up in a good way so that when you go into the container, you can just play full out. Mm-hmm. That's where the energy really starts to move.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's held there's parameters. Yeah. yeah. And so it sounds like from what you're sharing that, that you are sort of the container holder in the beginning so that they can both explore their edges safely. And then eventually they become the container holders for the process, exactly. holding it together.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's great. You know, kind of like I I mentioned with that couple, um, you can do, I've seen couples start to do little mini plays as well. You know, even if you're not, once you know the skills, even if you're not creating a full play container and creating the time and the space, if you get into a dynamic, then you can do what this couple did, the, the man in this couple did. He just did a small little play they're in a dynamic, they're in a thing, they go into their natural roles, or she's the arrogant disdainer, and he's the resentful self-pityer, and they're off in their rooms, mm-hmm. and kind of just angry, mm-hmm. and then he just walks in, and does a little play, and says, hi, I think you're the arrogant disdainer, I'm the resentful self-pityer, it's
0: nice to meet <laughs> nice you, to meet you.
1: <laughs> boom, just pops the whole bubble, you know, right. she starts laughing, and then they, you know cuddle and
0: I love that it
1: all it all pops so that's what i would call a mini play mm-hmm. but it's predicated on knowing these different archetypes nice. having played with them before having found the turn on in the play container and then you can just do these little mini plays yes. you know you can you might be cooking and she's telling you to cut the carrots in a certain way and you're just like okay all right yes ma'am <laughs> you know. <laughs> Whatever, you know it's like a little,
2: yeah. little
1: mini play but you have the awareness of like oh okay that's right we're playing in a power dynamic yeah right it's now. like
0: a little wink and and then then it becomes fully integrated yeah into your experience yeah. I love exactly that right. I love yeah. that and it's playful yeah playful. a moment where maybe you would shut down yeah is actually there's an opening to go deeper uh-huh. and that that's moment.
1: exactly right right because when she's telling you to cut the carrots that way you're just like Oh, all right. She's being so bossy. Oh, why is she being this way? Like, you know, or you, you, know, you just do a little play right there. It just changes the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, a
0: little yes, ma'am. All of a sudden now it's sexy.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From
0: shutdown to sexy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd
0: love for I'd love for you to share a little bit about um jealousy, because I know jealousy is a very common trigger, right? Especially in more open relating spaces and when when there's more freedom to play and to explore. So jealousy, I love to refer to jealousy as erotic rage mm. because it's like anger, but it's fueled, it's fueled by this turn on of like, you know, you're, you wanna, you want to you want to claim that person. There's eros in it. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about jealousy as a trigger and how to bring that energy into this play space.
1: Absolutely. Jealousy is one of the best places to bring this play container and kind of couple with the jealousy. So when there's jealousy happening, I love the way that you put it. You know, I would say that there are creatures that start to rear their heads out of the darkness. They're like, no. Um, And that's that dark energy. If you can then take it and harness it and bring it into the play container, it's so potent. So if people are in open relating, Uh, relationships those are just prime for this type of energy to start to move and you can because if you're you're in a normal monogamous relationship um, there's there's a little bit more safety Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and protection and so um, you know you've got your triggers and things like that but when jealousy pops up, man, that, that is some of the darkest energy.
0: Mm -hmm, Um, mm
1: -hmm. And I love what you say. Did you call it turned on rage? Erotic rage. Erotic rage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so um, finding the specific flavor of darkness that's coming up there for you, you know, is it the dominating controller? No, you want them to be, Hundred percent with you, or maybe it's the entitled possessor. You know, it's like, no, you're mine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Are like you? there's so much possession in in jealousy. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and, which some and people
0: can create jealousy. I've experienced this myself and with my partners. There's sort of a saboteur energy that comes in to create a jealous moment because mm. really we want to feel claimed by our partner. Uh-huh. We want to feel. Uh-huh. That sense Uh of like, you're
1: mine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so hot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a perfect place if you can transform that trigger. Oh, I'm feeling jealous. I've got this trigger, this deep trigger coming up in me. And if I can then turn that, you know, say, oh, I'm the entitled possessor. No, you're mine. Mm. You're going to do exactly what I tell you to do, (laughs) you know. and, and maybe it's, uh, I, I think once you get that level of mastery with it, like you can really feel the turn on in your jealousy, right. that's when it starts to get fun and freed up. And,
0: yeah. And then you and welcome you can, more jealousy uh-huh. and <laughs> how can we create more of this? <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh, it's some of the best turned on energy.
0: It is It yeah. is. It also reminds us too, that when jealousy is in the field, it reminds you to, to always be pursuing, to allow your erotic energy to move through and pursue your beloved as well. Mm. Not just, not just people outside of your container, but continuously to pursue your beloved. And, yeah. and, and when you feel other energies come into your field, it's, it's a reminder oh, of yeah. that piece.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It's um, yeah. Open relating. It can bring up so much, you know, and I think that's that can be part of the benefit of it is you just mm-hmm. always remember, like okay, your mind today, right? Anyway,
0: in this moment, I'm
1: I'm gonna keep loving you. I'm gonna put all my attention on you. I'm gonna give you everything I've got mm-hmm. because yeah, you never know. There there may be some other energies that come in that um, are enticing or you know, yeah, Take it's, you away. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: and there's turn on in that, Mm -hmm. right, it it encourages Mm -hmm. you to bring your absolute best into the container, your absolute, like, presence into the container, because if, if the doors aren't open, we can sort of settle, and that we're like, yeah, I've got this person, they've got me, you know, so there is a lot of turn on in the Mm -hmm. open relating spaces, but Mm -hmm. oftentimes people don't want to go into the open relating spaces because of all the triggers, yeah, that are available. So when we can utilize this tool of actually transforming those triggers into turn-on, it creates more freedom to make, for people to make a choice in what relationship dynamic would really serve them.
1: Absolutely. And I've found that couples who have this tool, if you can really transform your triggers into turn-on, let's say you're in an open relating relationship and, you know, you have these triggers come up, you can transform it into turn on it's invaluable. You know, if, if you just have the jealousy come up and it's got nowhere to go, then you're like, ah, okay, well, I guess I won't do that thing because you don't like it. But I mean, if you can, if you can take that energy and transform it into, into turn on the polarity between you shoots through the roof Mm -hmm. and you've got a process that you can work this through with each other And then you become invaluable to each other. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, you're my transformational dyadic partner here where I'm working this stuff out with you. And the jealousy that we find, we bring back into the container. We work it with each other. And it becomes this whole beautiful process. It's, Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. And then you become almost like inseparable you know you you see the upward spiral of it rather than getting sucked down into the depths of like okay fine I won't do the thing too much and uh but I really want to yeah
0: the shame (laughs) spiral of like okay I'm going to suppress my desire because my desire is causing this person pain yeah right and as 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 opposed to actually I'm going to actually walk into this desire and it can liberate both of us in the process
1: that's right yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah,
0: yeah, so, so powerful.
1: Yeah, that's really cool that you get it on such a deep level.
0: Yeah, it's such a jealousy, such a beautiful tool for empowerment as well, because it can often show us where we don't feel enough, right? Mm. We project it onto the other person. This person is more X, Y, and Z than I am. Yeah, but it wouldn't actually trigger us if there wasn't some element of that thing that we also held. That's right. Right. That's it's right. like often it's a suppressed part of our character mm-hmm. or a denied part of our character that this person is embodying so freely. And we're like, ah, they're embodying it so freely. Why am I not doing that? So it can actually be a tool for self-empowerment too.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That That's the opportunity, I think, of the open relating frame, right? Mm-hmm. It's because we can see, oh, okay, yeah, I want to embody the most of myself and i see that person and they're embodying that how do i become more so it it can be a very powerful tool but Mm. it's not for the faint of heart
0: no it's a warrior's (laughs) path for sure yeah but once we liberate more of our heart and more of our erotic energy we come fully alive Mm. and that's what we're here for yeah right that's what we're here for
1: yeah absolutely
0: Mm. Yeah, let's take a deep breath there. Just let all that juice land. Thank you so much for sharing this wisdom. It's it's always beautiful as well to allow people to see the deeply healing benefits of kink exploration Mm. beyond just the moment of like, okay, we're having a power dynamic, we're playing a little bit, this is fun, but to actually see how this can deeply heal your trauma, your subconscious patterns, you know, it's viewing as viewing it as a, as a medicine space.
1: That's right. right? That's right. Yeah. And that's where I would distinguish kink from strictly turn on to kink mm. for transformation. Yes. That's where, you know, we're really aiming is, is that right. Transformational element. Right.
0: Right. It's like the difference between like a recreational sit with mushrooms versus a ceremonial set. That's mushrooms. a great point. Right?
1: I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a very apt way. Yeah.
0: To it. So, so we're looking more for the shamanic portal, right? The shamanic yeah. transformational like integration portal, Absolutely. Which, which is also deeply pleasurable and recreational as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm, uh, so where can we get more of you, Jim? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Beyondtherapy.love is my website and um, yes, I welcome anyone to look me up there, and i um, happy to, to speak with you. I'd just be overjoyed to, to speak with you, and you know, I, I think of it as such a deep honor to be allowed into couples relatings, mm-hmm. and you know, trying to work out some of those triggers, and finding the fun and, and sexy way to do that is such a joy. You know, it's, it's so funny because I, I walk around and I hear, I mean, because I'm doing this work, I have a lot of couples talk to me, oh, okay, here's what's going on in my relationship. And, you know, whether they're ready to do the work or sometimes they are and their partner's not, you know, I just feel like, oh, if you could just take this into the play container, if you just knew these tools of the play, it can transform this whole dynamic that you've got going on and you can be on an upward spiral again. So um, yeah, beyondtherapy.love, please feel free to reach out. It's, it's an honor.
0: Yeah. And I'll leave the links for that below. Wonderful. Mm, Thank you so much for this juicy episode, Jim. My body's like, (laughs) my body's definitely vibrating and, um, Thank you for the powerful work that you do in this world and for holding couples into this, into these containers and, and showing them the way in when they would maybe mm. want to find a way out. Mm. You know, this is really mm. powerful work. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Holly. I've just been so touched by this conversation and I've loved your podcast. I'm mm. a huge fan. Mm-hmm. I go on walks with it and I just feel things opening up inside me as I'm on my hikes Mm. and uh, just really, really honor the the deep transformation and and transmission that you have. Mm, Thank you.
0: You're here with a mission to inspire and impact many through your purpose. I'm here to support your mission by sharing the tools, practices, and teachings of Tantra, empowering you to become empowered by pleasure as you light up the world with your love and service. Serve from overflow. This is the new paradigm way of the embodied feminine leader, and I am honored to teach you how. I'm here to help you gently release any and all things within your being that are out of alignment and no longer true, so you can create space for all your desires to enter your life. No more sacrificing yourself for service. No more putting pleasure, rest, and celebration at the bottom of the pile. It's time to let your feminine essence and primal sensual power become your new fuel source. It's time to come fully alive. Your tantric awakening awaits. Join me for tantric awakening, a three or six month mentorship for women to return to the throne of your body and become fully alive. Click the link below and visit hollytarayacom mentorship to begin your tantric awakening journey today. Thank you for joining me today on the Shamanic Tantra podcast. To dive deeper on your Tantra journey, visit my website at hollytaraya.com for my online courses, books, private mentorships, and group coaching programs. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your friends. May you live in truth, beauty, and freedom. Love, Holly Taraya.